Hello and welcome back to this episode bonus of TF. Um, bonus. Bonus. It is uh, Riley, Milo, and Alice. We are. We have That's some. Right. We have some classic. Here in the trash future hot tub. We have. Yeah, we're in the trash mm. future hot tub now that quarantine has been lifted. We're, we're in Dave Courtney's yeah. hot tub. We're in Dave Courtney. <laughs> we are in Dave Courtney's official. Every episode recorded from Dave Courtney's. Hot are, tub. That's right. It's the. If we don't say otherwise. Assume that's yeah. where we are. It's the. It's the official uh, COVID safe zone. Where he has, of course, used has some proprietary technology to secure the hot tub, so that once again yeah, no, we're, we're all in a bubble. Party. With, yeah, we're all, we're in a bubble with Dave Courtney. and no one else. I was wearing a mask before they made it <laughs> obligatory because I was doing <laughs> blags of banks in an illegal fashion. Um, so we've got a nice little down the down the line episode of TF today where we we're revisiting some old friends. Oh, that's right. Oh. It, Checking in. Dirk Vanderklerk, Father uh, McMurphy. No, different kinds of old oh, friends. Okay. Um, uh, there were Bamco Margerich. No, no, no. We are we <laughs> Swedish guy who's also Italian. Old bits. We are re- yeah. we are revisiting two old friends, uh, OYO and Greensill, both of which are preparing for IPOs. Oh, the company that bankrupts hotels and the company that bankrupts the entire world. Yeah, both of them. Cool. Um, and they they there's a lot of press around both these companies recently, and that was kind of like. My favorite two companies of season two and season three, sure, sort of coming together. OYO is easily yeah. the funniest. <laughs> I love OYO. If you missed that episode, the gist, well, summarize for the for the people what OYO well, is. We're um so if you the episode we talked about was uh our blue labor episode with Kim McIntosh towards the beginning of the year, but OYO is basically a booking platform for hotels that um like. What it does is over your hotel. Hotel. It, inse- yeah. it basically incentivizes you to rent, spend money renovating your hotels to give it the OYO look and feel. It doesn't own the hotels. It's like a platform. And then what it does is it then books the hotel through its website um, and, and only through its website. And it controls pricing and everything. But it also gives you an occupancy guarantee. So basically, what happens is... Oh, and it also is built on like, you know, an algorithm and stuff. So what ended up happening... Was that mm. OYO gave a bunch of hotel owners severance essentially because it would pay them a lot of money through guaranteed occupancy to renovate their hotels, and then um, for like business travelers that even before the pandemic just didn't show up, and so then once the once the occupancy guarantee ran out, the hotel then just had to close at no at no benefit to anyone. Yeah, it yeah. ruled. It, it, we called it the machine for killing hotels, and that's what it that's was. Right. And now it's it, it. You'd think that this would not be a viable business strategy, no. and now they're doing an initial public offering. That's right. So shows what and, we. And know. they also have Why more IPO. They also have more uh, more business lines. <laughs> but first, there's another thing I want to talk about. Something that's basically I'm going to sort of put in the whimsical column. Uh, so oh, if you're okay. following along at home, put a mark in the whimsical column. Okay. Where does that sit on the trash future bingo card? No, is that sort of separate to one <laughs> side? It's on the flip side. It's, yeah. There's like a whimsical column and a maudlin. The whimsometer. Tally yeah. them up. So yeah. uh, this is this is um, this is one for the whimsical column. So like yeah. I said, follow jo- along. Julian Morm's windmill of whimsy, yeah. which is on the back of your trash future bingo card. Yeah, so <laughs> again, this is not the trash future bingo card. It is a separate sheet. It's on the. You may have printed it on the back of the yeah. TF bingo card. It's That's a lot fine. like playing uh, the fucking the, the cyberpunk. Uh, role-playing game that we tried playing. Yeah. There's just like loads of different sheets. It's really complicated. 
Go into your binder full of trash future related uh, paper Worms. materials. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, if you if you turn to page twenty seven, you will find the whimsy yeah. column on there. It's immediately after the page with a big diagram of a Croatian sea mine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, so, like I said, if you're so if you're listening to this podcast legitimately, please do use the binder that we send to all the or legitimate illegally. patrons. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> no, if they're listening illegally, they won't have the yeah, binder. It's an authentication yeah. measure. Yeah. Have, like, you think these jokes are just stupid? No, there is a far deeper meaning to "What if a yeah. Swedish man was Italian?" Yeah, they, that you will find in Appendix A. Trash Future is like the Enigma Machine. Yeah, this is actually like <laughs> this is like an incredibly anodyne centrist podcast about serious issues yeah. that seems like a dumb podcast because you don't have the Enigma code. Yeah, you don't have the binder anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, now that I think we've all put the mark in the whimsy column, uh, this is from the FT, um, where it's about uh, algorithm, basically more and more like high frequency trading algorithms and um, like al algorithms used by asset managers are not only reading companies' annual reports, like mm -hmm. just sort of like machine scraping the data and the sentiment out of them and stuff. Sure. They're also listening to the C CEOs uh, actually give the earnings call, and they're listening for the tone of their voice, the kind of language they're using, and so on. And then cool. building that into their trading strategy. Does this guy sound like he might jump off a bridge soon? Yes. In which yes. case, company not going so well. Yes, yes that is what they're analyzing, essentially. Oh, okay. um, Does this guy awesome. seem like he might shortly find himself committing suicide in a locked suitcase? Um, <laughs> there has always been a game of cat and mouse in CEOs trying to be clever in their choice of words, a source quote in the article says. But the machines can pick up a verbal tick that a human might miss and not even realize is a thing. The CEOs have been going like, uh, I need you to go to that place and do that thing. Yeah, see, you know, with that friend of ours. So they actually do have to start talking like mobsters yeah. because oh my God. there's a guy that we know and he needs to go, <laughs> if you know what I mean. The guy that we both know who's the friend of the friend of ours. So a new paper out uh, by some researchers at the National Bureau for Economic Research in the States found, that, an ominous sounding found that executives are actually changing their tone of voice to sound more upbeat all the time. On conference calls, Amazing. Oh, fantastic. earnings are way we down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love to be made to soy face for our audience of computers. Yeah. Talking, talking to everyone at the meeting like they're a dog. Who is a good boy? <laughs> You're all getting fired. We've literally we've eclipsed one of my own bits now. Not only do liberals not only not hear words, only tone, but now so do businesses. Well, the thing is, they also do in fact hear the words, but because the words are based on a Harvard dictionary of um, like word associations of positivity mm. and negativity, CEOs are now trying to outthink the machines. So, so um, our losses are better than expected. Yeah, when I said it was bad, I meant in the eighties way. Well, that means it's good. Fat. Our it's margins badass. are fat. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Um, so Nick Mazing, director of research at uh, Centio, Nick Mazing, a research platform. Yeah, he's Nick Mazing. Yeah, that's right. He's uh, always positive. Yeah. <laughs> he's oh, he came up with this. A research platform mm. said we are not far from someone having to have a call on a, on an earnings call, reading something like we said au revoir to profitability. <laughs> Because, <laughs> because we're French. Because uh, the the um, NLP model won't pick it up as negative. Mm. Well, not, you know what they won't pick up is uwu yeah. shit. So if we if we, mm. the corporation simply says we are a small bean yeah. whom's just having anxiety, 
That won't be recorded as negative That's either. Right. So the CEOs all get peak crew avatars and talk about how they all have mental they, illness they, and huge Gemini. They energy. just start doing calls both in Russian and in that incredibly inflectionless Putin Russian, where it's yeah. like, "Здравствуйте, мы вызвали эту встречу с нашими уважаемыми коллегами, чтобы обсудить некоторые факторы, которые влияют на наш бизнес." The computer's just like, "Yeah, I have no idea." <laughs> Fine. So uh, they say. So what I think is really funny about this, right, is that. The machines have learned to analyze the CEOs, mm. and the CEOs have learned how they're analyzed and are outgaming it, which is essentially mm. doing a, a, a sort of um, something in artificial intelligence called a generative adversarial network. But it's basically turned the CEOs into artificial intelligences. I love this. This so CEO does not exist. <laughs> yeah, finally, the CEOs are going to have to become humanities people again. <laughs> That's going to be fun. They're just doing like show tunes. Like yeah. every meeting becomes like springtime for Hitler in Germany. It's the and the um the whole the, the whole thing is just like, yeah the the total evacuation of meeting from like most economic activity where we cannot. We could not. Po- where it's like the you know, the emperor of Japan surrendering after World War Two. I just had to do it in this really oh, convoluted yeah. way. Yeah. Guys and dolls, two kinds of people we will have to lay off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Events have developed not necessarily to OYO's advantage. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so from the archive, so I read the paper itself. From the actual paper, they say they present the first Hiroshima and Nagasaki, two cities where it's been very hot recently. The, they present the first empirical evidence of feedback from algorithmic assessment of corporate behavior. While some adaptive behavior, such as making disclosure more machine-reading friendly, is innocuous mm-hmm. or even welcome, the algorithm uh, induced changes, such as the expression of sentiment, highlight the increasing challenge in machine learning to be manipulation-proof, and that the algorithms will have to then learn to anticipate their strategic behavior of informed agents without observing it in the training samples, which basically means the machines have to look... The, the AI platform scraping the earnings reports and listening to the calls to like price the stocks according, mm-hmm. accordingly will have to learn basically a form of corporate kabuki in, pig latin in, in order to continue <laughs> getting because it will learn that if you say like you know if you say in a show tune voice like um, I'm I'm saying good night to the uh, revenues of this quarter or whatever mm. they'll learn that that is then how how the what that actually means which I think is hilarious because eventually we're going to have the CEOs using like interpretive dance in order yeah. to like, make <laughs> finally a use for my theater degree. No, this just, is perfect. Let's just say there was a company. I'm not going to say which one. Let's say this company was having a few problems. Yeah. Uh, problems that might be interesting to some investors like yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, generative adversarial networks are actually mm. quite interesting because, Alice, those are the algorithms that make those this person does not exist. Ah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, this is actually. This is actually the, the, the basis yeah. of my joke. This CEO does not exist. <laughs> unlike unlike Hot Girl Milo, who now does exist. Indeed. Um, oh, yeah. Shit. So yeah. that, but yeah. I think that's. I just think that's that that's very fun. Where this is, that's it. it, it it's a li- it's a little bit sort of slapstick cyberpunk, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, but that, that is that is the the trash future that we find ourselves living yeah, in. Like, right? I think one of the things that I mean has definitely made an impression on me over the many years that we've been doing this podcast is just. Just how stupid it all is. Like, I think mm. before I was definitely under the impression that it was probably bad in the kind of like fairly like lib politics that I had a few years ago. Uh, but I'd never realized quite how much like none of these people know what they're actually doing. Like that it's just it's not actually evil. It's just stupid or it's incidentally evil. <laughs> but mostly it's stupid. Indeed. Yeah. And not even just stupid, but ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's first as fast and then as fast. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it, it's only 
in only a few short years, I think we're going to have like CEOs clipping bits of different movies one word mm. at a time to give their earnings report. <laughs> You're yeah. very good at turning me yeah, on. Like every every meeting just becomes like Aristophanes the clouds, basically. <laughs> it's just constantly, constantly doing like weird sophistry. Like everyone's wearing a gigantic phallus for yeah. some reason. Because it tri- no, it tricks the it tricks the monotron cameras looking at you. That's right. Well, yeah. they've all got they've all got a huge hard on. So presumably this earnings call is going very well. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um. <laughs> But like, I think it's the doing your earnings call on MDMA to fool the algorithm. Oh man, I fucking love this table. It's, it's like I think cyberpunk. Honestly, like its main flaw is not its dystopianness; it's its gravitas. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the yeah. problem. Like we do, it's the gravitas and the racism. Oh, yeah. Like the idea that th- this stuff will be uh, like bad because it's Japanese people doing mm. it, as opposed to it's bad because now yeah. your CEO has to do interpretive dance to yeah. explain why you're getting laid off. I think the error that Cyberpunk made was that they assumed that the kind of the evilness of the future would fundamentally be in a Gorker type vein, yeah. when actually it's yeah. firmly in a Matt Hancock vein. <laughs> That's right. This is. Matt Hancock absolutely would be the first person to promote like a UK further education course yeah. in like talking to talking to algorithms. Matt Hancock does this accidentally. Like he sounds impossibly yeah, upbeat it's about. It's a like, great way to learn about exactly. your body. Yeah, he is the golden retriever telling you that eighty thousand people have died, but it's fine actually. So, so he he <laughs> is the he is the man of the future. If you want to know the perfect the perfect future subject of capital, it is just Matt Hancock just. Uh, confusedly grinning while being grilled by an artificial intelligence, oh, and it just comes oh, up with beautiful, nothing. Beautiful, stupid boy is right. yeah, he's everything now. Yeah. Mm. So uh, this CEO does not exist. Episode title. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's just I wanted to have a little fun with that, and uh, I just I just love that. That's so whimsical, right? Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next Trash Future Earnings Call now. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I, I, let's let's go on to some of our our old friends. I'm going to start with OYO. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I said, you remember that. Uh, OYO, this might surprise you, has uh, seen a sharp drop in demand. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what, during the global pandemic? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, dang. Well, that is a shame. It's a shame when the, those like fun little local businesses have to close. Those aggregators. What are of- they going to do with all of those portraits of Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> I mean, at this point, you've got to wonder, right? Like, it's, um, the, the, what, what, uh, what, if you have such a small number of people staying in your hotel, but you're constantly optimi- algorithmically yeah. optimizing like the layout and decor of your hotel. Mm. Does your hotel just start catering for a, because of the small sample size, weirdly specific person? Well, I mean- Yeah, and then that guy is like, actually, I think this is terrible. <laughs> Look, if you can't handle OYO at its worst, you sure as hell don't deserve it at its best. That's right. Uh, if you can't handle me at my uh, destroying your hotel, you don't deserve me at my- OYO Premium Townhouse <laughs> Hotel. Redecorating your hotel. Uh, and also mm-hmm. under their uh, co-living and working space, OYO Workpad. Amazing. Oh, we love to see so that. They're, they're doing WeWork 2 yeah. now. So th- th- that's a, okay. second, a second SoftBank company <laughs> that is doing the WeWork model on, a, on the basis of a bunch of crazy leases. Awesome. And it's never gone wrong before. That's what I love about it. Um, and they're going to IPO. Yeah. Hmm. When are they? When are they getting into education? That's my next question. Yeah, I want to take a class from the guy who started OYO on like so he was used to be super into building demolition. Then he realized he could digitize his hobby. Mm. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah. So most of their new demand is coming OYO's through. OYO is Indian, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's started by a guy called Ritesh Agrawal. It's based in Delhi, I believe. 
Unusual in that regard. You see, like normally Indian companies, like they kind of they make sense. Like they're running that like very like kind of like they do stuff. Yeah, they just yeah they do things, and they kind of and their business model is mostly like doing professional services and undercutting Western make companies. Make products and yeah, sell products exactly, to people yeah. who want to the buy it. That's not necessarily that's that sort of might have been true about ten years ago, but there's been a there has been and and I I invite sort of any anyone listening with sort of first hand oh, no. knowledge. We are you saying we made India stupid too? Uh, yeah, mm. I'm afraid we did by turning like Bangalore into Silicon Valley and Pune. The, the like the oh, ga- no. the nitrous oxide gas leak that started in the city of London mm. has now spread to Bangalore. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean, basically, it's the look. Any time, if if Britain has ever like invaded and stolen your country, even after it leaves, it will leave a big cloud of stupid it, behind. It's like it's like mm. lead paint, yeah. right? It just sits. It just sits there, being like looking relatively innocuous, and then fifty years later, you're doing the dumbest shit imagine so basically what happened right was that a lot a lot of um because because there was this like quite intentional drive to make bangalore like a a silicon valley of asia right and mm. relatively successful you know there's a, a lot of stuff has happened with bangalore like infrastructure being massively outstripped by population growth and so like Can I say that a lot of stuff has happened with bangalore is an extremely donald trump ass <laughs> sentence many things have a happened lot of in things bangalore have been going on there uh, so like, it's it's i mean it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's a lovely city but nevertheless uh, and Beautiful. so, and so, what's happened, right, is that there is this <laughs> mass. It's one of the biggest sources uh, destinations for venture capital in the world for a number of reasons. One of the biggest. The most beautiful for, sources for many okay. reasons. For many reasons, and we're going to be looking very entirely derailed this by realizing that when Riley is ad libbing, he just kind of slips into lots of lots of capital there. Okay, people, they say they say they got capital. You go to Bangalore, they've got so much more. Um. Anyway, look. So there are a, so there's a lot of investment coming through from like like SoftBank mm. and so forth. Yeah, our old friends. Yes, and it's and really so, is an old friends episode. So like a lot. Yeah. Honestly, like a lot of the um, a lot of companies that we look at are a lot. A lot of them are like based in India or founded in India as well. Just because mm. like there is this massive um, venture capital industry there, and venture capital, as we know, makes your economy stupid. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and so that's why. Like, so OYO is you know again massively invested in. Um, they they still have about a billion dollars of uh, cash to like just okay. like. Oh used to destroy more hotels. That's right. Cool. Um, <laughs> what? I can't think of a better use for a billion dollars. Yeah, just destroy some hotels. Yeah. No. Next time someone asks Jeff Bezos what he's going to do with all that money, he should say destroy every hotel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do what OYO couldn't, and I'm going to finish the hotel industry off. Yeah, finish. The- sir, what do you think you're... Master Chief, where are you going with that reverse financing? Yeah. Sir, finishing this fight. Jeff Bezos just wandering around Eastbourne, pointing at those old like townhouse hotels and just going, destroyed. Yeah. Destroy it! Destroy Cast it! Cast it into the fire! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so OIO did lay off um, sort of like like twenty five thousand people in China. Uh, How are they employing twenty five thousand so people? It depends. There, it's there are multiple different models for how they would do hotels. So like there mm. are there appears to be some more direct ownership in China, whereas in India and the U.S. and Europe, it's more of the franchising model. Some places they destroy other people's hotels. Some places they destroy their own hotel. Yeah. Just so long as they're hotel. So usually what they'll, yeah. what they'll do is they'll lease hotels and then employ people to work in them and then they'll go out of business. Nice. I can't tell you how much I love the fact that we have a company that has the ethics of the Tyranids, but entirely directed at hotels. Mm. 
Like they were like like the origin story is like the guy who founded it was like wronged by a hotel as a boy. <laughs> he's like fucking Bane, like grew up in some pit. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like run by a hotel somehow. He grew up in a travel lodge and just hated yeah. it. That's yeah. right. You yeah. already adopted the premier in. So um after the pandemic began in March, so this is quoting from an article here. Your big hotel. For you. Uh, OYO tried to drum up business in India by offering rooms to health workers and others providing essential services, hoping that travel would bounce back at the end of the nationwide lockdown, specifically running marketing campaigns touting how sanitary its hotels were. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, we dust down these, the, uh, these like pictures of Marilyn Monroe with DDT yeah, every day. That's right. That's right. So this this fruit bowl is this fruit bowl is uh, today it's full of raisins. Tomorrow it'll be full of cashews and then nuts and bolts. I think it, that's right. <laughs> I think on the previous OYO episode, I must have told the story about the hotel in Wigan oh, that, you had, did, yeah. that had a portrait of Henry VIII above the toaster. Yeah, that's look. <laughs> now they're run by an OYO, and yeah. it's Henry VIII with huge tits. Yeah, that's right. And it, but the, the, what was amazing about it was it was like a plate glass building that was built in the 1980s. Just this huge, like fake oil painting of Henry VIII. So awesome. it's a more than 40 percent of its hotel base comprises leases, leased hotels, which are then le- operated by local entrepreneurs who don't own the properties. So most of them have left Ohio's platform, uh, and they said some of the loss could be permanent, as many of these entrepreneurs would have moved away from the hospitality business entirely, which is this article's coded way of saying Ohio destroys hotels. Amazing. <laughs> just, it, it, it destroys hotels and hoteliers. It turns apparently. hoteliers into guys with other jobs. Why in this, why in this contract <laughs> I'm signing with OAO does it say, let's just say you don't pay with money? <laughs> <laughs> but what I think is really interesting, right? So, like, they're, they're bouncing, they're, 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 they say that they're bouncing back in these, with these other business lines. They're losing tons of hotels all over the world. In that right. sense, I guess it's yeah, going... Exactly yeah. according to plan. playing Monopoly backwards. I guess it's going well. Um, <laughs> playing speed chess. <laughs> You're trying to get checkmated. Just both... Both um, playing chess boxing and just getting knocked out in between every round of chess <laughs> in, in every element of it, yeah. even during the chess, just getting knocked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I find really interesting, though, right, is that one of the because they have to move to profitability before they do an IPO. Again, I don't know why they're doing an IPO. That's a terrible business that seems to fail all the time. Because mm. it's like just like it's the boss level of being in business, and people think that it's they cool. Definitely, to, they like, could definitely put because the beauty of an IPO, right, is that you you can sell shares to just anyone, right? So you can you've got or you can appeal to like you know the mom and pop investors, right? And I feel like in a sort of Brexit or Trump kind of way, you could appeal mm. to people with this idea like, do you hate hotels? Fucking smug pricks. Do you want to fucking <laughs> stick it to some hotel cunts? You know what they've got a lot of in Europe is hotels. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever been in an hotel and they tell you the checkout time is nine and you try and move it to ten and they say they can't do that? Do you ever think I'd love to destroy this hotel? <laughs> Boy, have I got an investment opportunity for you. <laughs> Um, so here's the thing. OYO is so it's, fun. OYO is literally my favorite. Like I know we, we talked about this on the Q and A. That's on the ten dollar uh, tier. Yeah. Um. But OYO is the most fun company just because it's so perfectly doing something that is again ridiculous. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, like, and that it's in that its technology seems to be a website and algorithm that says people like pictures of Marilyn Monroe. I do like that. Um. So, but here's what's really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. All of that's just stuff you could like, 
know just from looking at you know some articles or whatever like, that's all pretty obvious imagine if you're like an elderly retired fbi agent and you go to stay in an oyo hotel and it's just covered in pictures of marilyn monroe and it just makes you feel really guilty <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it's also covered in pictures of martin luther king as well <laughs> yeah and uh, um oh now i've forgotten the guy's name the fred hampton yes indeed yeah. um so uh what but what's interesting about oyo right is the other thing that they're doing is like yeah they're they're cutting these unprofitable lines of business they're focusing on their like we work clone that also has a dormitory in it which just seems like a great idea we love a dormitory what they're doing also is they're trying to fire as many people as they can from like the core company as well amazing so they because they need to like ha- they they're trying to get a certain EBITDA before they go public or they file to go mm-hmm. public and by the way you say why would they do that one of the big reasons i think we work decided to go public was Everyone knew it was a dog, and they thought that they could unload it on retail investors mm. and like um and asset managers and stuff. An- another strongly Trump thing. Yeah, Yo, like dog. a dog. <laughs> they, well, they, they they knew the company was a dog, and they mm. and, and like if they were five percent less stupid and venal than they could, it could have worked. Mm. But like they were just too dumb. Well, that's the fucking epitaph of our age, yeah. isn't it? Like yeah. your scam could have worked. Um, although there, I did read another uh, another theory that I find very interesting, which is that Massa actually encouraged Adam Newman's insane behavior so that the IPO would fail, and then SoftBank could purchase its um, assets at a fraction of the value of the assets themselves. Yeah, Masayoshi Son trying to get him to draw a clock like Hannibal, eight dimensional fucking chess. Yeah. So I, I I don't know if I I mean I've heard that and that's very interesting, but no. So the the OYO thing right is that mm-hmm. they're saying yeah we need. We, they're trying to sell aggressively sell food in the hotels now. Okay. Um, and then they're also reducing staff. So they're saying, quote, these are very aggressive profitability targets. And aggressive profitability targets always means we're coming for your fucking job. So, yeah. It's I a- love going into the Premier Inn and they've got uh, like boost bars that yeah. they're trying to sell me in the tuck shop. Yeah, and it's like, yo, you can buy these and resell them because you might need to get a new job later, which is what I have to say <laughs> or else the AI is going to hear me and reduce yeah. the stock price. <laughs> this is actually an opportunity. A problatunity, yeah. if oh, you will. We're going to have a lot more CEOs saying crisis-tunity. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that in Chinese, the word for crisis is the same as opportunity? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen The Simpsons, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a complete reversal of previous years. We're trying a lot of different things, but it looks like we're going to have to cut more jobs. But there have been so many cuts uh, that there's only a skeletal, a skeletal staff left. We're going to have to cut jobs at the HQ and senior levels, too. And in order to, do, to get around that, they've automated as much as they possibly can the internal functioning of OYO. Mm. So they're be coming from a gang that destroys hotels to a fully automated machine that destroys hotels. You awesome. know, I take it back, this this is like the fucking grey goose singularity. We inadvertently build a computer whose only directive is to minimize the number of yeah, hotels. The opposite and of- in order to do that, it just destroys all matter in the universe. <laughs> That's right. It, it slowly expands outward from the solar system in case there are hotels near Alpha Centauri. <laughs> Listen, if entropy means anything, it means that the number of hotels decreases over time. (laughs) That is true. So, like, they've fired all their salespeople, and now customer interactions are all through through a chatbot. And, like, they're going to fire more senior people and automate their roles, too. I love it when Smarter Child explains to me that the hotel I was hoping to stay at has actually been destroyed by it. <laughs> yeah, and tries to sell you a boost bar. That's right. Yeah, it's a lion bar. Um, yeah, and then it's, it it's does, energizing. And then it does the gender check from uh, that uh, transphobic app to see if it can sell oh, you yeah. a uh, Yorkie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's- <laughs> I've forgotten about the transphobia company. What's it called? 
Giggle. Oh, giggle. Yeah. It's just a bit where like you 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 come out you come out as a trans woman and then get really upset that someone offers you a Yorkie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me constantly. Oh, I hate this is a grave insight. Oh, I hate the, the the zest of peppermint. Um wait, what? Isn't it a peppermint bar? Yorkie, no. Oh no, sorry, that's a York peppermint patty. I've never uh, had a Yorkie. A peppermint patty. I've confused this normal candy bar with my extremely right, fancy Biden. treats. <laughs> All right, we go down to the swimming hole and get a peppermint patty. <laughs> it's a sex. Yeah, I, I love yeah. to eat a big fries peppermint cream because I'm normal. That's right. I do it's love like, a fries Turkish like, delight bar. What is a Yorkie? A chocolate bar, like it's a normal, like, like it's just a chocolate. It has like big. It's like a. It's in like six segments. They're like they're quite big though. They're like ch- it's like a dairy milk bar, but much chunkier. So like a woman yeah, could and they're not it. even they, they no, don't they even market it with it's not for girls anymore. Yeah, they're taking that uh, off because of sex. The women, their Although teeth, they, they do weak for the Yorkie. <laughs> okay, I've got big teeth, it, very strong. <laughs> in a in a very Steve MRE move, I will point out that they put Yorkies in British Army rations. They do, but they had to ha- they had to give them special ones to make the army feel like special boys. So instead of it's not for girls, theirs said it's not for sissies. I remember this. Oh yeah, that rules. Oh yeah, this is abs. This is absolutely some camo. Camo yeah. lives matter. That's right, they do. Um, that's that's absolutely great. That that's British it's Army magic. It's not for fucking crap hats. That is absolutely <laughs> British Army magic right there. Of just yeah. giving them. Yeah, a- you have to have done this many war crimes in Northern Ireland in order to eat this candy right. bar. Yeah, there are some of those. There are some of those army things. Although the army sucks, I do. I do just there is like kind of an amusing like uh, folk humor to it. I was watching this. Uh, mm. One of the hogs recommended me a film called Kajaki, which is about uh, the paras blundering into a minefield in Afghanistan, and then <laughs> basically all just having to stand still for several hours while various different helicopters attempt to rescue them before realizing you can't land in a minefield. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is, there's a bit at the start where like there's some people who are attached to the paras who aren't paras, and then like one of them gets sent to do something they really don't want to do, and they're like. Why do I have to go and get all the fucking bottles of water from the bottom of the hill? And then all of the paras in chorus just go crap hat, crap job. And I'm like, yeah, it would be fun to have that in a normal job, you know? What, just like bullying? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but like fun bullying. <laughs> oh, okay. Like folksy bullying with like a kind of wit to it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> man, this, this podcast is the only thing keeping you from being an unheard writer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have such tiresome opinions. Like we we need more fun. I remember when there was fun bullying at work. Yeah, just a fun, yeah, fun trashy just spinoff where we all join the army together, like the fucking Powell's battalions. Cool. The one the one unifying yeah. thing of unheard writers is that they weren't bullied enough, <laughs> and they're still not bullied enough. So you guys, you you all, you you can join, go join the army. I'm just gonna go mm. back, like into finance. Cool. Basically yeah. the same yeah. thing as far as you're, as, as far as I'm you're like, yeah, this is thing. this is war yeah. to me. To me, mm. to me, this is this is war having to like decode this executive's like semaphore speech. That's right. <laughs> because the it, the AI is not smart enough yet, so he's doing he's doing an erotic fan dance about OYO's profitability. <laughs> I need to figure out what it means. <laughs> well, you know they say crap hat, crap job. Well, let's just say some of our employees might shortly be wearing no hats at all. <laughs> If you get my drift. That's right. Ma- many of our employees are going to become pogs. <laughs> Just Nate doing fucking earnings calls. Back in pog form. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, shall we talk about Greensill? Let's do it. Uh, because Greensill's all- Another friend of the show. Uh, like a- oh, good morning, Lex. Uh, oh. So, let's everyone strap on our overalls, uh, start thumbing our suspenders, 
a wearing yeah. belt. What kind of overalls do you have to strap? Oh, Jump into the back of the Holden Ute. I don't wear the, I don't wear overalls. I don't know what's up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I've never seen an overall. I've never seen an overall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just like absolutely oppositional to anything that might reek of work at rules. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, well, so is Green. So, no, Green Sill is not actually because mm. this simple mm. money farmer says, uh, "If there is, by the way, if you don't know what Green Sill is, I can't. Uh, we'll put the link to the Green Sill episode in the description." Pause. It's basically yep. it's it's if if OYO is the machine that kills hotels, as Milo said, this is the machine that kills the economy. So yeah. I'll, I'll do a I'll do like a two minute explainer on what it is in case mm-hmm. you um in case you do you did you don't know basically. But have you heard <laughs> of Australia? Yeah. Are you familiar with the two thousand eight financial crisis and why it was good and we should do something similar? But now, <laughs> yeah, you know they say you know like the nineties were coming back a few years ago. Well, now two thousand and eight is coming yeah. back. It's like, what if we did to um, corporate debt what the what mm. sh- like um, uh, the guys in uh, the Big Short, uh, mm. the two the two idiot mortgage brokers did to residential debt? What That's if we did right. that? Yeah, and famously like. As you'll know if you've paid attention to British media, concentrating an entire important sector of the economy in the hands of one billionaire Australian tyrant always works very well. So uh, just mm. a quick a quick primer. Um, Greensill is a supply chain financing provider. It's also a soft bank company. Yeah. Supply chain financing is uh, pretty simple. Where a big company that has many suppliers will say, we'll pay you today if you accept 98% of the payment. Mm. Greensill, which is the factor then raises a bond. So it, it sells a bond to mm. an investor, usually one it has a relationship with, like an asset manager. Like Credit Suisse, for uh, example. Like, like Credit Suisse, for example, or GAM. Uh, and then what will happen is that uh, Greensill will pay the supplier, and then I, the company who's using the services of Greensill, will pay Greensill at a later date. And then like the spread between what Greensill get, pay, get pays to the supplier and what I pay Greensill is then the profit for the bondholder. That's mm. supply chain financing in a nutshell. And the thing that makes it interesting is that this is not recorded on a balance sheet as debt. It's recorded as operating income. So mm. you can make... A, yeah, so you can yeah. juice your own numbers, you basically. It comes under the vibes section yeah. of your accounts. Uh, there's, it's, in, it's unregulated, almost completely untracked. Um, and a, sort of um, financial regulators in the last sort of six months have begun to wake up to what a gigantic fucking problem this is. My favorite thing was that EU financial <laughs> regulator who said, well, whilst there's no law against doing this, we would really advise people not to. <laughs> <laughs> and then and the, the multiple companies have imploded because like they've disguised you know, years of, um, of, of just like no earnings or negative earnings with just endless supply chain financing. Um, so there, there are a few we can, we'll put some like Carillion. This, this was the Carillion collapse in the UK. Agritrade, yeah. NMC Healthcare, Bright House, like a whole bunch. Uh, and they were all Greensill clients or clients of programs Greensill set up. So there's your like summary. This is a multi-billion dollar company. Um, it was invested in by SoftBank and then interestingly used its connections with Credit Suisse to then run a bunch of SoftBank money through a bunch of other SoftBank companies, including OYO. And this happened uh, early, uh, in the last few years, but it was found out this year. Um, yeah, it, inadvertently, one Australian man became a national bank. Yeah, he essentially, yeah. he essentially kind of allows comp- it kind of allows companies to turn their supply chains into a bank. And while you can't necessarily print the money, you're basically allowed to make up your own operating income, which is yeah. not entirely dissimilar. Yeah, and one of the funny things about it is that a lot of the stuff that they're doing, like. SoftBank, like, kind of laundering money through them in a sense to like invest money back into its own companies. It's like 
you can't even really work out what they're trying to achieve, but you know it's evil. Well, it's one of, you can say what one of the things they want to achieve is if they keep those companies looking profitable, then their valuation stays high. Yeah. Then the vision fund's valuation stays high. Or like if it's able to IPO them, at, um, for example, if it wanted to at a good rate. Or if it's just looking to raise more capital, it's not going to have to show losses because the value of those companies is artificially inflated because a bunch of money is just churned through its balance sheet basically under almost mm. false pretenses. And this is like 90% of our economy now, so <laughs> enjoy that. Well, the, th- the other thing is, I think it's important to note this because I don't think we made enough of it on the last time we talked about supply chain financing. Supply chain financing, we don't know how prevalent it is. It's probably not prevalent enough to be a systemic risk and not enough. Like mm. Most companies do it, but not enough banks are exp- like have their whole asset bases built on derivatives based on it and so on. Like That's what mm. caused the, more, the 2008 crisis to be so crazy. What I think the problem is, is that it's indicative of a very loose corporate lending environment where kind of anything goes and companies can just keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing forever. Mm. And like a lot of these bonds are just dog shit. And, you, yeah. and the problem is you don't know how much is dog shit. Yeah. As long as your company is run by rich guys and crucially, your company doesn't do anything and doesn't make a profit. If you run just like a normal small business that a makes podcast, a profit, for example. Yeah. And there's like has it has a very good balance sheet and all that kind of stuff. People will not lend you shit like dog fucking shit. But if you run like a stupid company that does nothing and makes a loss every year, they're like, please, how much money would you like? Yeah. <laughs> but, but like crucially, also, you have to be friends with one Australian man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, we've talked about Green Solo. So I'll, this is enough background. This is this article, this long article in The Australian interviewing Lex, and it's a little bit of a puff piece. The Australian, a very normal newspaper. Yeah, so if there is one thing in the world Alexander Lex Greensill would love to be doing right now, what do we think it is? What do we think it is? Uh, farming money. Uh, uh, hunting man for sport. <laughs> yeah. uh, it would be coating his hands in the rich red dirt of one of his family's sweet potato farms. Uh, coating his hands in the rich red. <laughs> yeah. I said red room. Red room. Yeah. When you said rich red, I was certain the next word was entrails. Yeah. Mm. Of his family's sweet potato farm outside Bundaberg. Or driving a brand new... Outside gig- of where? Bundaberg, Australia. Oh, okay. Uh, or driving a brand new gigantic harvester around the family's 5,000 hectare sugarcane farm nearby. Lex Greensill picking yeah, up chicks in the video. harvester. Yeah. Um, talking of his parents, it's, it's hard for them to deal with, uh, basically in the media coverage that he's got. It's hard for them. That's the truth. Um, it's not a lot of fun seeing your son given a kicking in the press for basically like uh, w- what amounts to legal self-dealing through a Credit Suisse supply chain finance fund. Yeah. Also, he's a billionaire. Yeah. Do you know how much therapy that buys? Yeah, it's one of those... Like, if you're that upset, I, I would simply pay to not be. Yeah. And this is the bit where, like, James Bond was wrong, right? Because in James Bond, all the villains, they were like, they were never this pathetic. They were always just like, yeah, mm. I'm evil, people hate me. Yeah, Blofeld was never whining about being treated unfairly, even as James Bond dropped him down a fucking <laughs> chimney stack. Yeah, woo-woo Blofeld. Yeah. Uh, fucking Renard <laughs> from The World Is Not Enough being like, I'm actually disabled. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite problematic. It would be, it would that, be uh, I, I agree. Lex Greensill. Yeah, Reynard's condition is long COVID. <laughs> um, yeah, Lex Greensill is too boring to make like Spider Skull Island. That's right. Mm. Um, so so um, I don't, it's not a lot of fun seeing your son being given a kicking in the press for uh, on why he was given this kicking, who can say? Yeah, just um, randomly. Yeah. It's also not much of a kicking. I'm being like, bullied because they envy me. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that would please. God, he's gonna have us all killed, isn't yeah. he? I don't think that would please any parent, especially when they're protective like mine. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. Every week they put they dress me up in this big sailor suit yeah, and tell yeah. me that people are being too let's, mean. Let's As a child, sail. they protected me from dingoes, and now they protect me <laughs> from the dingoes of the media. So, um, the Lex Greensill is like he's just a former gifted kid. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's only former gifted yeah. kids will identify You're this bisexual now. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what was great is that they've stood beside me. They didn't run for cover. They stood next to me and said, "We're right here with you, Lex. We think that what you're doing is the Actually, right thing." I have a theory, right, which is that there's something about particularly Australian billionaires that makes them this whiny. Because Gina Reinhart, one of my least favorite billionaires on a personal level, the mining heiress, is also like this. She's also like, oh, people are being very mean to me for merely digging all the coal out. And, uh, and, like, it's a power and people talk about Rupert Murdoch as well. Like, a big part of why... He's a big baby. He's a big yeah. whiny a baby. A big part of why the Murdoch properties are the way they are in the specific way that they are it's like why all the spe- why they have the grudges they have is that rupert murdoch is like aristocrats treated rupert murdoch with disdain when he first visited london as a yeah, mere millionaire yeah that's right what we've done right like, what we've done so. right in yeah. britain in britain what we have done is we have given the entire country of australia the psychoses of richard nixon <laughs> that's fucking right um so that's the neat thing about having a family business, he goes on. People are with you because of your blood, not because it's financially worthwhile. Says the guy whose business Because just- of the blood. Says that the- is why they the respect blood. me, because of all the blood <laughs> which I have. Says the guy whose business is basically just inventing banks. Um, yeah, but people like him because he's got special blood. Again, what would be different if we had King? <laughs> a, a very little, I think. I mean, I mean, you know what we'd be? It would be less whiny. We would get some kings with like some fun, with like some fun shit going on. We would get a lot more like madness. <laughs> I'm, be- I'm being bullied by the Holy Roman Emperor. <laughs> um, I'm blessed to be in a family business where we all stand shoulder to shoulder with one another. Like blessed, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's so number one. Yeah, just just a whiny piece of shit. You were you were a billionaire for in a way of inventing money. You didn't even have to like do the shit, like do all the cutthroat shit that Bill Gates did in the 1990s. You just realized you could write down a number, and that's how much there was. And you're like, oh, it's Philip's family business. You know, they don't like they like me because they love what we're doing, and they think it's the right thing. Um, so, but they said uh, that the moves towards the IPO should be completed in Q1 2020. Uh, so that's in a couple of months, um, and that there has been strong demand from Australian investors everywhere we look. He says demand is off the charts, uh, and this is now for talking about his supply chain finance offering. So yeah, I love when the demand for my um, supply chain finance offering is off the charts. That could mean mm. one of several things. <laughs> Good. Yes. I mean, again, yeah. it's a, the thing to... Like, I always like to say this when we talk about products like this. There's a perfect... like Within the logic of the system, there's a perfectly legitimate reason to have this be a thing you can do. If you wouldn't mind turning your attention to this uh, uh, demand chart that I've got. Oh, that's embarrassing. The demand's not even on there. <laughs> I suppose it must be... Off the charts. <laughs> the algorithm booze. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, um, we're like, I don't, because I'm not here to like fear monger about this thing. Like, it's a crazy product because like, of the context that it's in, but like, re- like, factoring has been a part of like trade since like Syria. Like, this is not a new invention. It's just the way no, that it's, it's happening. It's always is crazy. been bad. Calling it A Syria, huh? <laughs> um, you get very upset when you call it the Syria. That's right. what I hear. So um, <laughs> they say that that, that, they, they created opportunities to continue to grow, including through uh, a mobile phone handset financing to individuals, mm. uh, supply chain financing, uh, their agriculture supply chain financing, 
And their new um, <laughs> not a payday lender earned. Ah, it's not that. No. Um, okay. Despite the fact that Australia... if they hadn't clarified that, I might have thought it was that. Yeah. But since they've said it's not, I have no further questions. Yeah, so, um, yeah it's, it's a payday lending. Yeah. That's so, right. So, um, the, in fact, I'll, I'll scroll down a little bit in this, in this article, because like, it's a very long article. There's a lot of it. <laughs> this is semi-related. Yeah. I was having dinner with a mate the other night, and, they just, and we started talking about Cliff Richard, and they were like, oh, that's the guy who's not a pedophile, right? And I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. But while that's like, technically not libelous, I don't really think Cliff Richard would like constantly being described <laughs> as a guy. Cliff Richard, who's not a pedophile, by the way. Can't stress that enough. So, basically, um, Matthias Corman, the uh, Austri- Australian, yeah, the Austrian name. Australian uh, finance minister. Mm. He's an Austrian man. He's Australian. The, the finance what? Minister. He's the Austrian Australian Aust- finance minister. Austri- Australia. You're gonna rack off me fucking basement. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my family. Uh, so oh, I've got a very supportive family they live in my basement. So basically, earned allows you to access up to fifty percent of your earnings before payday, and so oh, supply chain financing yourself. Yeah, you're supply chain financing your labor essentially. Mm. Um, is- Look, it's not a payday lender because it's only fifty percent. That makes it half yeah. of a payday. So you don't lender. do it on payday. And the other thing is the costs are borne by the payer, not the employee. Which, as we know, those costs never get passed on. They don't. No. Mm. Um. So the uh, they say basically, Matthias Corman said, uh, "quote uh, that." The product is economically similar to payday lending. Uh, Greensill said he yeah. was surprised and disappointed that Corman chose those he words. He said, oh, rack off, mate. He's just being bullied. Yeah, oh, I'm being bullied by the media and Matthias Corman, and they're calling me a payday lender, but I'm not. I'm a technology person. They're just jealous. Yeah, you can never use technology for anything bad. Yeah, And so he says, and the person who wrote it was simply wrong. When we bought Earned in Australia, for example, the next day we waived all the fees that had been commercially negotiated for employers to pay. We made it free to everybody. And when billionaires make a service yeah. free to everybody, it's never so that they can eventually corner the market and make a killing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. That's, not, that's never been done before. Yeah. Certainly companies like Uber have never done anything says, like that. I'm not sure how being able to get paid for free every day is economically similar to payday lending, but people make mistakes, I guess. I, I feel like that seems like a very overly simple summary of yeah, uh, people are saying that, that my scheme is too good to be true, <laughs> yeah. merely because it offers you free money every day. That's right. They're using this one weird trick. Uh, but then he managed to then get a meeting with Corman in the World Economic Forum this year because he hired Julie Bishop, the former finance minister of Australia, onto his board. Yeah, Julie Bishop, John Bishop's sister. Yeah, don't, don't worry, well, yeah, the politics will yeah, stop this thing. she shirt-fronted him. She, mm. like, dommed him into withdrawing his objections, which is fucking cool. <laughs> right. Julie Bishop, DM. Yes, that's right. Giving him a fucking swirly and going, say it's not a payday lender, you little Austrian prick. <laughs> I want to hear you say it. It's not a payday lender. That's right. <laughs> now sign this affidavit. Yeah. Hired Chanta Rose. Coming back out of, like, the bathroom to give his speech, just looking like shit. Yeah. He's obviously <laughs> with a black eye, being yeah. like, oh, I fell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, fe- I fell down the stairs, the toilet stairs. Uh, um, and, uh... This is actually what Spencer Confidential was about. <laughs> that, oh, right. God, that would have been so much of a better movie. Matthias Confidential. Um... So he says, uh, 130,000 NHS employees now get paid through earned as well. Good. Yeah. That, oh, good. That's not okay. bad at all. Yeah, it's fine. It's normal. Yeah, l- listen, we like NHS employees, mm-hmm. right? So why would you not want them to get free money every day? That's right. Yeah. It's like, he's like evil Matthew Lesko. 
Because they should work harder. That's why this would actually this would actually work opposite of the way with the British voter. They're like, "What? He's yeah. giving nurses free money for what? Never Nursing. worked a day in their lives." <laughs> so, Scrounging flags. union nurses. Right. He, yeah. says, he says, "Oh, we see tremendous opportunity there in tremendous. the light that we are going to be tremendous. we are going to be a number of things that we want to do to grow that footprint, including going potential to be a number of things." In the in the in the light of that, there are going to be a number of things. There we go. Okay. Uh, we want to do to grow that footprint, including potential acquisitions. With COVID nineteen, employees uh, employers are now looking more than ever at what they can do to help their employees. They're looking stronger <laughs> than ever. Nothing he says isn't ominous. No. It's either whiny or ominous. He is one of those like late period nerdy Bond villains. We would like mm. to help our employees to some <laughs> free money. Yeah, the other the algorithm <laughs> which they like, yep. won't pay for with money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just have to become an organ donor in my special program. That's right. In my fact, when you get the free money, dude. you win a free trip to my country estate. <laughs> we will play fun games. Yeah, it, in order to get the money, you have to stay overnight one night. <laughs> yeah, in this house. <laughs> Yeah, Lex Greensill has entered you into a tontine. <laughs> it's when, no, no one lives at that house, but weirdly enough, it was supply chain finance 30 years ago this very night. <laughs> so, uh, I'm asked to describe the word 2020. Greensill, oh, um, damn. But, but, excuse me, when asked Carol to freaking Baskin yeah, over damn here. Damn Carol yeah, Baskin. It's, 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 yeah, he's yeah. A de- we're reverse fin- factoring Terrell Baskin. No, he said, he described 2020 as, quote, eventful. Huh. Sure. Hmm. It was certainly not what I expected. Okay. Fair enough. Unexpected sure. opportunity and unexpected oh, surprises. Opportunity. Yeah. And the need to be a bit more nimble than usual. But it has been our best year ever in terms of new customers to our shady financing program. Don't I'm look at the not number. Not going to investigate. Do why. not look at the number of zombie companies in this economy. It's it's weird how during times of like extreme economic turmoil and hardship, the shares of Evil Corp go up. <laughs> it's very strange and doesn't mean anything. It's it's a complete coincidence. Mm. And if you want to hear now about just the sheer mediocrity at the top of our society, this is the advice given to him by Masayoshi Son, mm. which is like the mad version of Be the yourself Obama. Yourself and have fun yes, with it, essentially. <laughs> Live, laugh, okay. love, but in Japanese. Um, so it says the point. <laughs> the point that was made to me by At Masayoshi was, Lex, you won't be talked about if you are irrelevant. But if you are relevant, people will talk about you. So as a shareholder, uh, it's better to have a, a, a room full of haters. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever Phase Bank said. I've listen, yeah. listen, Lex. Yeah. <laughs> this is a room full of sharks, <laughs> hungry as fuck, and you can lend them money. People, uh, people who don't support your business, <laughs> Lex. Full of loan sharks, yeah. hungry as fuck. People who don't support your business, Lex, uh, they're haters. You got to block them out. Yeah. Put on so, your shades. So Son continues. So as a shareholder, as a shareholder in Greensill, I'm glad to see people write about you because it means what you're doing is relevant. So from that perspective, harden up. Um, and also, it's like, okay, yeah, what you're doing is relevant. You've been written about for y- Reuters. You try Reuters has an article that says like. Greensill made false statement to bondholders and shit. Yeah, what you're doing is relevant to Interpol's financial crimes division. <laughs> no, you're a billionaire. Literally everything you do is relevant because of the way we've structured our society. Mm. Um, yeah. Everything. <laughs> Damn. It's wild. Or like, or how like, yeah, it's relevant because he bought a bank and then put a bunch of like really illiquid shit loans to Gupta on his, uh, Sanjeev Gupta on its balance sheet. And then when asked about it, uh, said, 
there is no exposure to Sanjeev Gupta in our bank that we set up to lend money to Sanjeev Gupta. That's right. Um, and, and so it's like, yeah, th- that's what he's in the media for. Um, and he's like, yeah, it's, it's good to be talked about. Yeah, it's because, pretty good to be talked about. How mediocre is that? This Masayoshi Son, again, like we and all the listeners of the show will know, like this guy is like a crazy person. And he basically like mm. lucked out by investing in Alibaba in like, you know, the early 2000s mm. and then just gets trusted by like every vampiric sovereign wealth fund around the world with all of their oil wealth to try to like, like make the magic happen again. And so he yeah. is a crazy person. And but like, look at that. That's just so, such anodyne advice, which is, oh, yeah, I'm seeing in the news. So that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things that are in the news are always good. Yeah. Nothing bad. I every day, I, I get the paper, mm-hmm. and guess what? You're yeah. in it, the, which is good. Masayoshi son on the like September twelfth, two thousand and one, trying to phone Muhammad Atta and being confused as to why he's not getting through. I was just trying to congratulate him on being in the news. <laughs> yeah, just, like, just like, how mediocre is that though? It's just like this guy's like, yeah, yeah, I see you, so that's good. Better than if I didn't see you. The guy, the guy who runs the fucking flight school in Florida being like, honestly, this has been great publicity for us. We have never received more calls. <laughs> so uh, they said uh, Greensill, def- and, and they also like there has been these complaints made to the small business ombudsman, Kate Carnell in Australia, that like big companies like Simic, Telstra and Rio Tinto are mm. using reverse factoring to like never to basically just universalize the Donald Trump plan of never paying your suppliers. Cool. So, yeah, and Rio Tinto would never do anything bad. Yeah. No. Um, so in, and so like Rio Tinto O'Kong. <laughs> but then he said, and then he says, <laughs> Look, we're not. No one's. You you can't use uh, our program to like stiff all of your suppliers by saying that unless you go with this reduced payment terms, then we'll pay you in two years or whatever. Rio mm. Tinto's not doing that. It's against the rules. Yeah, because whenever I sell mm. people these guns, I always say now. Don't use this for anything illegal. This is a and they bottles, say that they promise is, that they won't. This is bottles and cans and fences only. Okay, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Home defense. <laughs> so he says we actually feel good about the stance we've taken overall in terms of valuation or perception in the market. It's definitely the case that we think some folks, such as this podcast, have misrepresented the, the utility of what we do. But the truth is, and here he says it again: demand has increased significantly, and in COVID nineteen has pointed out the fragility of global supply chains. So you need me. Yeah, that's right. Cool. He didn't say you need me. I'm, I Did he that. actually say that you oh, need he me? He does say something like that later, though. Mm. People are using us more and more, actually. So, uh, basically, like when it transpired that um, that Simic was paying like small business suppliers like way outside of its payment terms and using Greensill to do it, causing a bunch of them to like close. Awesome. Um, Greensill then like finally um, like created some rules about like not doing that, uh, and then who knows if anyone's actually following them. But they said in response to having to create those rules, Lex then said, the last thing we wanted to do was state what our position was. And then two minutes later, turn the tap off. And then you have a thousand businesses that go bust right away. Oh, don't turn the tap off, mate. That would be terrible, Mm. foolish and somewhat self-defeating in terms of what we were trying to achieve. So it's like, yeah, don't turn the tap off because this is a part of the economy now and you can't get rid of it. So don't make me turn the tap off. I <laughs> turn will turn the tap, tap off. If I, if I take that thing off, will you die? <laughs> yeah. If, if we stop the reverse factoring, would the economy die? It would be very painful. That is right. Um, and like he's still he's still working with Sanjeev Gupta. He's GAM. It, it, it transpired as looking at some disclosures today. GAM, the firm that he like got again, got in the news for t- doing very, let's say, ethically dodgy things, if yeah. not illegal. Um is now working, still has a supply chain finance fund, and they, and they still work with Greensill. Like, they, they, hmm. for some reason, 
the credibility of these people never goes away. Mm. Ever. No, no, because they're rich guys who are friends with other rich guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, it just, it just is fucking turtles all the way down, isn't it? Like the the emperor has not been wearing any clothes for like some time. <laughs> yeah, his dick is sh- he's got shrinkage. Yeah, like the economy's dick is getting real small. That is right. <laughs> um, so we actually have the number. Why is the economy taking estradiol? So we have yeah. the uh, we have the numbers here, which is transing the economy. That's yeah. what the liberals want <laughs> again. And remember this in the context of there are twenty one percent of the British economy is now zombie firms. Green Cell has grown its global customer base by forty percent in twenty twenty. People love zombies, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the proportion of Sanjeev Gupta link companies, so like the ones that are completely fucking insane, is yeah. now just nine percent of their overall portfolio. And none of those nine percent are a bank. <laughs> um, and. And, and, and so one of the things, by the way, this is one of these things where I have to then phrase this as a question so it's not slanderous, mm. where, um, <laughs> okay. where basically Greensill Bank in northern Germany uh, is being like, investigated by Bafin, you know, the, 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 those who persecute oh, yeah, Marcus Brown. The, uh, our yeah, biggest yeah. fans, and the ones who steal all of our ideas <laughs> yeah. and then use them to prosecute <laughs> criminal cases. Yeah. So those guys? They, they were, they've been probing Greensill Bank, which he bought, and after you remember when he bought it, a yeah. journalist said, I see you've bought a bank. And he said, well, I guess I can't hide that from you anymore. Again, not ominous at all. <laughs> Trash future ones again aligning themselves with the cops. Cancelled. Yeah, um, so basically... The- also, Baffin, if you're listening, send me a patch. I want one. <laughs> yeah. So they were basically investigating if uh, Greensill Bank was still heavily linked to Gupta, Gupta's companies, mm. which were, like again, risky because most, cred- most of the credit products associated with them are highly illiquid. Um, highly illiquid. I, I see that they have a problem with this successful company being linked to a person of color. That's what that's what I'm seeing here. So I thought we'd move past this. So basically, remember last time they looked into this, seventy uh, percent of Greensill Bank's balance sheet was just basically just a bunch of Gupta debt that was just loading it up and loading it up and loading it up. Mm. And then one year later, um, Greensill uh, when asked if the claims that. Um, uh, 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 that either he's being investigated or that it's super linked to Gupta just said no. And so this is where I now have to phrase this as a question. Given that last time Greensill Bank was looked into by scope ratings, uh, around list, uh, li- a little over a year ago, it was like 70% Gupta-linked stuff. I want to ask, mm-hmm. if he is not lying, then how did he diversify that so much so fast? If it's that linked to, again, extremely illiquid credit products that are related to Gupta's financial empire. He sold it all to a guy based in Plumstead. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess we should just not worry about it, right? Yeah. I, yeah, just, I just don't ask any questions. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy I know in South London, and he's always in the market for illegal stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I like, phoned him up. Dave, Dave Courtney's a liquid bond warehouse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, oh, well, it wasn't really my sort of thing, but then he explained it, it was highly illegal. <laughs> it was questionably <laughs> legal at best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, because no, the thing to remember, nothing Greensill does is illegal. All of this is perfectly legal. It's just fucking insane. That's right. Well, now Dave's not interested. Yeah. Then. He oh. heard ill when we were about to see a liquid, and then we heard liquid, and he, he was like, oh. Then he clarified it was actually only immoral. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not as interested. I think of myself as more <laughs> of a Robin Hood. It's not immorality that applies, it appeals to me. It's purely illegality. <laughs> so, one of the other casualties of 2020 has been Greensill's fleet of private planes. Oh, no. I forgot he was a planes guy. Yeah. So two Piaggios, a Dassault Falcon, and a Gulfstream 650, the board has decreed the country, company must sell. Isn't it Piaggio a oh, scooter? No. Uh, 
Uh, there are lots of different um, scooter with wings. Yes, a, w- a winged scooter. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was an extravagance, but I guess there's a perception point there. We need to prepare for w- what the world and market expects of us Look, as we become a public we're company. We're all tightening our belts, and that means all of us are going to have to sell some planes that we own. That's right. Also, I like I love this whole article. It's like all of this stuff, like his exposure to Gupta, the fact that like the the. The, the claim that none of the big four accountancy firms will work with him or even like little accountancy firms will work with him. Mm. Again, big four accountancy firms will work with a lot of fucking people. They really will. Yeah. I mean, um, famously, when uh, was it was it Ernst and Young yes, who yeah. audited Wirecard That's and right. just believed them that they had a billion dollars in 2. Argentina? <laughs> 2.5 in Malaysia. And they were just like, well, he they say that they have that. So as Ernst and Young, we're just yeah. going to have to say that they do. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what are we going to do? Check. You do ask them for a bank it's statement. It's called accounting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's called accounting because you just ask. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So um, so they also said uh, we're planning to appoint a big for big four firm as our auditor in the coming year. What mm. weird? Why haven't they before? Huh. They're a big company. They're a big company. They're a very complex company. You'd think you'd want a very like high profile auditor, and they've been around. It's not like they're new. They've been around for like I don't know, yeah. like five, seven years. Our our accounts have finally gotten to the point of complexity where our usual accounting firm of Coltney and Coltney can no longer <laughs> handle them. Um, so, you know, that's the question, right? Like, huh, weird how... Like, I'm genuinely curious, if they have an auditor now, what is that auditor? Like, <laughs> is it actually just going to be Courtney and Courtney? You know, because it fucking seems Lionel like... Hunt. <laughs> Their auditor is just Sean Gismonti and Matt Bevilacqua from The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Just being like, no, right, it is income. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're financing Um So they also have been taken, like, by the, uh, taken up by the Australian tax office. Um, oh, good. Where the, the tax office, the Australian taxation office, won a court ruling that the Greensill Family Trust owes tax on gains from the sale of shares in Greensill gains of $55 million between 2015 and 17, which Greensill claimed he was going to give to the employees as a substantial gift. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool I was guy. keeping it for my friend. Yeah, I, was, right. I was holding on to it for the employees. I was going to give it to them as a gift. Man, it's like, I, I, like, I really understand when you don't owe, earn like that much money, how you can like resent paying tax. Or even if you earn like a big amount of money, like, I don't know, if you earn like half a million a year yeah. and you have to pay 50% of it in tax, I can see why that grinds your gears. But when you've just made $50 million and you have to give away like 20 million of it, like who even gives a fuck? Like you've still got $30 million. Like what, did you have a plan for that entire $50 million? At the time he had a plane collection. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was gonna buy so many fucking Yorkie like, People think I'm rich, but honestly, this plane collection <laughs> costs a lot of money to upkeep. <laughs> uh, he then says, and I love this, this is the perfect, the nerdy, dorky persecution complex that this asshole has. He says, it's unfortunate that the Australian tax office seems to want to penalize entrepreneurs that want to give equity to their staff. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, me, Wreck off me, you. Wreck off me, Julie, golden you. Julie Bishop, bully them for me. I'm too much of a pussy. Okay. I'm just. How is he being. How is he being bullied? I mean, um, being like persecuted or whatever. I'm suing Trash Future Podcast for insinuating that I'm a pussy. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> Uh, it's regrettable that w- that would be the case. People take it up in the public arena as though I'm trying to dodge tax, which couldn't be further from the truth. It could be further from the truth. <laughs> I'm not saying that that necessarily is the truth for legal reasons, but I'm saying it could definitely be further from the truth. 
Yeah, I when I love paying tax, the thing that I do most is complain about the tax office making me pay tax. I know. I was going to do something good with it. I was going to do like what you do. I was going to give it to the less fortunate, but now I'm not going to cuz you got you caught me. Like when you're in defense <laughs> of I wasn't evading taxes, I was avoiding tax. That means there are scenarios in which you evading tax could have been further from the truth. <laughs> uh, so um so the the he's talking about his friendship with Prince Charles and David Cameron. Fuck off. Cool. The truth is two they, cool guys. The truth is they've been through similar experiences where they wanted to make changes and it wasn't always popular. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're one you know bribed a chauffeur to get yeah, drunk. The, these these two yeah. guys also giant pussies, and so naturally we bonded. It says. It's I was trying to make a few changes to who I was married to, and it wasn't very popular. <laughs> yeah, just just the, the fuck. What is he called? The black spider, or like the 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 pig, mm-hmm. fuck, the alleged pig fucker, etc., etc. Alleged pig fucker, David yeah. Cameron. Yeah. That's like the start of the Wikipedia article. <laughs> Let's say it's more a case of us comparing our scars as opposed to posing hard questions. Mm. You're not seeing that negative publicity oh, reflected in our numbers, though. Are you doing though. self-care? Yeah, he and David Cameron and, and Prince Charles have, like, a stitch in bitch. That's they right. just, like, they sit down, I'm, they watch some bad movies. I'm so... This guy makes me so angry. <laughs> Mom's basement, bitch. but mom is the queen. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, he says... God, Honestly, he, it's better to have a room full of people palace. that love you than a whole, a whole <laughs> palace full of the sharks and other cetaceans <laughs> that are extremely peckish. <laughs> um... God damn. <laughs> and he's like, God, it's so he sucks. He sucks so bad. Um and stop saying I suck. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> this the most important learning for Lex Greensill is the storms of rage around him in twenty twenty has come at home. Man, David Cameron loves Australians who suck. Like yeah. him and fucking uh, the other mm. guy, Linton Crosby. <laughs> so he joked earlier this year that for the 20 years he has known his wife, they've spent no more than six successive weeks together because of his punishing global travel routine. Normal. Yeah. I have a much improved relationship with both of my children and my wife. Uh, okay, <laughs> cool. There is nothing like being able to put your kids in bed most nights to change the relationship. Hmm. He, go- he, has- he goes from massive wimp to robot. Yeah. He's two modes. Who knew that Microsoft Sam was such a family guy? <laughs> um, mm. When it comes to the things that really matter in his life, Greensill looks back on 2020 as being a real high point, as I've never spent such quality time with the people I love. That's one thing I can say about 2020. How much we all enjoyed people, the Tiger King with Carol freaking Baskin. As tens of thousands of people die around him, especially because his like manor is in the Northeast. Northwest, rather. Hmm. Like one of the worst hit areas of COVID in the entire country. And he's like, I just like spending time with my kids and expanding my like predatory finance program throughout the NHS and to companies around the world. There's one thing I love. It's going out for a wig and kebab. <laughs> um, the low light is I haven't been able to get to see mom and dad. Oh, mommy oh. and daddy. Oh. I'm now itching to go home and play with some of the new farm equipment that Pete bought while I have been away. And that's where the oh, article ends. Fuck off. Mate, just, Jesus, like, just, this is the most, I, I want to play farming simulator all day, but unlike Alice, I am a billionaire thing since mm. Marie Antoinette's silver fucking milk pipes. Anyway, so I think that, um, that about does it for us this week uh, for the bonus episode of TF. Uh, you are, of course, thanked very much for being a patron, for listening. 
And yes, consider yourself thanked. Yes, consider yourself thanked by me, uh, e- evil Lex Greensill, before I turn into Wimp Lex Greensill. You're not even listening to it because you <laughs> like it. I bet you're making fun of it. Julie Bishop's going to beat you up for me. <laughs> and again, Julie Bishop, DM me. <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being a patron. Um, don't forget, stream is Thursdays and Sundays from 9 to 11. Mm. Uh, yeah. There is also This means nothing to you, but it's directly after That's this. Right. Uh, and also, don't forget, uh, we are going to put content out in the $10 a month tier Patreon That's now. That's right. Again, it's not going to be like, look, essential content. It's like, like fun, like stuff like where you have ideas, or like Q and A, social stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of stuff where we're just kind of figuring out what, like, what to do. You'll get, you'll get Sorry. breakfast update, for instance. Yeah, I could do breakfast um, update. Find out what we're all, what we're all eating for breakfast. Mm, you want to hear breakfast update for, from all of us? Uh, and without uh, R- R- Riley's like list of techno fashions to wear. That's right. So yeah, uh, it's it's good good stuff like that. Uh, right. So. What we will do is we will see you on the free episode on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, so thanks again and talk to you later. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody.